No one book. How are you, man? Very good, thank you. Thanks cool. for having me, man. I no, appreciate it, man. Honestly, it means a lot for you to be here. Uh, bright and early, nice and early. That's how we like it, man. Yeah. Early word. Good word. Early worm. But you know what? I just want to say something about that phrase. You know they say the early worm? Yeah. No, early bird catches the worm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Early worm gets eaten. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> so if you're a bird, yeah. it's good. Yeah. If you're a worm, mm. dead. Yeah. There's a lesson there, kids. Carry on. Usually in my podcast, I usually bring like junk food and like Haribo's and sweets. And I, but this time around, I got fruits because Dis- I did. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm guilty. I'm going to be honest because I didn't want to disappoint you as well because I know how much you care about. You didn't want me to judge you. Basically, within, within yeah, two yeah, minutes yeah. of meeting you. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, what is all this nonsense on the table? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I do like the fresh um, fruit options you provided today. Yeah, yeah. But they're acidic. They are acidic. Actually, to be fair, just the apples, especially the green ones, Granny Smith. Really? Quite acidic. They're yeah. the nicest ones. You like the sharp ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the sweet ones? No, no. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a pink lady type of guy. <laughs> over 300K followers on Instagram, over 200K on uh, subscribers on YouTube. You just wanted to make kids brush their teeth more. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't... The very, very start, so the first ever parody was an accident. It wasn't even a thing. It wasn't like I sat down and thought, how can I engage better with the world or how can I change dental perceptions? It wasn't that. Mm. I used to do music back in the day. I still do it now, but um, I was an MC in the UK garage scene back in the day. Really? Yeah. And then, so I always had bars, bro. And then um, one day a patient just didn't turn up for root canal treatment. So Hotline Bling by Drake was just playing on the radio. That's when the tune first came out. And I just started freestyling over the top of it about root canal and I know oh. one likes it and I thought it was quite funny so then I recorded myself yeah the freestyle sent it to a friend of mine who's a dentist and he put it online and mm. then dentists started to see it and find it funny and they were sharing it and it kind of grew this was before even insta mm. um facebook was ki- we're talking 2015 so facebook was kind of there or thereabouts but youtube was the main platform so because people liked that first one I thought all right let me actually write one now and then put it on youtube the first one I physically probably wrote trying to do it was Gappy. Because at the time, Happy by Pharrell was the big tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despicable yeah. Me Too come out and everyone knew the song globally. Mm. So I thought, all right, this is the best song. Everyone knows it. So I wrote Gappy. And in that, I gave oral health advice. And then my eyebrows were moving. I don't even know what that was. That just happened accidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never a you thing. didn't know you had that skill. Yeah. Genetically, I knew I had it. Yeah. It was always in me. <laughs> <laughs> but then the vibes took over. And then, yeah, it just became a thing. And I called myself Singing Dentist, put it on YouTube, made a YouTube channel, and just started to kind of go from there. And I just kept doing them as and when I felt like, you know what, this would be a funny song, or this is a big tune, let's parody it. And then kids started listening to it, taking it on board. I started getting mad messages back, you know, so supportive. It's crazy how something like that just spreads like- That's what I mean. Like a wildfire. And then if someone makes a tune and they drop in, they try and share it, sometimes it doesn't go as far. That's what I mean. It Because it was never, for me, because it was never meant to be that. It was never an intentional thing to sit down and go, right, how can I try and go viral? Or how can I do stuff? It was just purely organically me just having fun and doing yeah. something I enjoyed. Yeah. And I combined my two skills. Obviously dentistry, mm. uh, you know, I knew what I was doing. Music, I know what I'm doing. I've done it for a long time. So just bringing those two passions together and creating something out of it, it was just a very organic thing. And, and like I say, it happened accidentally. 
And then once that opportunity was there, then I used my skills and my talents and my kind of love for both mm-hmm. to just keep doing it. So there's been times where I felt like, all right, because you know what it's like on socials, right? Yeah. You have to stay consistent. You have to keep doing stuff. So I was like, right, okay, it's been a while. I need to do a parody. Them ones there where you feel like I need to do something now, mm. it just doesn't work as well for me. It's when it happens organically or when it happens, when you try too hard to do something, yeah, yeah, you facts. lose yeah. that element for me. Yeah. So yeah, I've been very lucky that quite a lot of them have done well and I've had a couple of like super mad viral moments and it's just the way that is as well with social media. I think a lot of creators, they they forget that it is a wave type thing. There's times where you absolutely smashing it because you're the guy and you're the viral guy and then it has to kind of die. It's so difficult to stay there and it's yeah, impossible. Yeah, yeah. There's so much talent out there. You you almost got to ride that wave. So let it sort of dip and then just be ready to come back up. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been riding the wave six years now you know, you know it's, it's kind of weird because when you look at it it's kind of like I don't want to sound a bit corny but it's kind of like fate because if, imagine if that guy did actually show up for his root canal I th- I, th- I don't think it would have happened genuinely yeah. so so many steps have happened that have caused this to occur Yeah. so I do believe in fate I do believe in some choices obviously choices you make take you down a certain path I don't believe in regrets at all mm-hmm. because I can't People always say, you know, there are things that come up. Would you go back to being five years old now knowing what you know? Genuinely, the answer is no, because I can't guarantee that I would make the same decisions. And I'm very happy with where I am and what I've done. So you learn from previous things, but I would never go back and change previous things. Because for me, it's led me to where I am now. And Yeah, yeah, that day, the patient didn't turn up. That was the first thing. Hotline bling playing was the next thing. Me dropping a freestyle was the next. It's just so many things. My friend, bruv, I told him, don't put this online. Why? I sent it to him and he was like, oh, bruv, this is jokes. I'm going to post it. I was like, bruv, don't post it. Like dentists, don't act like this. I was genuinely like worried that if this went out, people would be like, why is this bread doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is this dentist acting like that? Because they're quite strict. Yeah. They're very strict. That's what I'm saying. And we have governing bodies that kind of, you have to maintain your professionalism at all times. And I was like, bruv, this is a bit of a dodgy (laughs) one. Allow it. (laughs) And he posted it. (laughs) And I never forget, I was in the shower. He posted it and I went in the shower. My phone just started popping off. Like, because he tagged me in in the post on Facebook. Yeah. So many comments, so many comments. And I was like, what the hell is this? So when I came out of the shower, I was like, oh my God, what what have you done? I called him. I was like, bruv, what have you done? Because trust, trust me, he was like, people love it. People, it's, it's doing well. Like, people are enjoying what you've done. I used a lot of dental terminology in that first one, right? So the general public didn't quite understand everything I said in it. Yeah, yeah. But they loved the fact that a dentist was singing along and dropping bars and it was entertaining. And it was just my face. So that's why then I kept that consistent with every video. Yeah, yeah. If you watch my videos, bar maybe two or three of them where I've done a production, mm. they're all one take, me and my surgery with the phone on a tripod so like when you release these videos and it popped off like you have also, also like a receptionist right did you ever tell her or did you just leave it as it is until they figured it out so the, the team would see it yeah they, they would see it come up on socials or whatever and, and i always do them kind of when everyone's left ah so yeah, yeah, no yeah. one's in the building yeah yeah, yeah yeah and there'll be days where i'll go into the clinic specifically at like 6 p.m yeah and everyone's gone or on a sunday because bro, i've shouting dental bars down the phone it's a bit embarrassing i get messages sometimes like oh this is why my dentist is running late i'm like bruv i'm not doing this while you're in the waiting room yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> do you know 
you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on. So yeah, I have to plan it. So I'll go in and then you know, I'll, I'll do two or three of them and I come home and edit it and make sure it's all all right. But yeah, bro, back in the day, I wouldn't even edit it. Mm. It was so raw. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You can even, I wouldn't even hunt down the instrumental, bro. Mm-hmm. Such a lack of effort. Yeah, I would just find the tune, play it really quietly on the like laptop speaker and just spit over the top of it. That was literally how lo-fi it was. But they're the ones that did the best mm-hmm. because it was almost like, because it was so raw and because it's just my face and I'm staring down the camera, it almost feels like, People are there with me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't a big production. There was no green screen. There was no, you know, doing the vocals in a studio and then lip syncing it. It's just rags. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just doing it. But that's kind of how I am because of the, all the years of emceeing, all the, the years of radio, all the years of doing raves, all the years of doing shows. I've got that in me, bro. I can do it. I want to I touch on the, the, the garage music a bit later, but yeah. like, because now it's gone viral and global, have people from other countries messaged you and said, all the time. Let me come over. I want to come to your clinic. I want you to be like my next dentist, basically. All the time. Daily. Damn. Daily. And some people are shocked when they realize I'm in the UK. Like, where, where did you think I was from? Yeah, like, yeah. People are like, oh my God, I thought you were in the States. I'm like, bro, I don't sound American <laughs> at all. Like, like you, so you're not from New Jersey? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why would you think I'm from New Jersey? Like, honestly, I get people from all over Australia. How thick like, do you have to be? Like, where are you based? Or, or no, they'll be like, I want to make an appointment. I'm like, okay, cool. Where are you based? Melbourne. I'm like, that's a bit far. You're about 24 hours from my clinic and two planes. How desperate do you have to get to get a check you know I mean? 24 honestly, hours on the plane. So, but it shows how far, obviously, social media and yeah, the digital yeah, yeah. world can spread, right? Yeah. So the fact that it has gone to so Global. many. Yeah, so many. I used to do like a, a Facebook live every Tuesday. Mm. Call it Tuesday. So every Tuesday I'd go live and people could come on and just chat. Bro, that was probably the most like international thing I've ever experienced because I'd get people, it was so, it, it'd be like, hi from Mozambique. Next message. Hi from Bogna Regis. Mm. I'm like, wow, this is. A real but you don't, do, you don't do that anymore? So you, it, it, when, when the kids came along. Yeah. It gets hard. To do things when you have children, yeah, yeah. and I've got two young kids, the eight and five, nearly six. Mm-hmm. And bro, Lovely. after you get home from work, Tuesdays used to be my clinical day as well. So I come home from work. By the time you've done the thing with the kids and you fed them and you bathed them and you put them to mm-hmm. bed, mm-hmm. it's like eight thirty-nine. You're knackered at this point. Well, I, um, I can't in half an hour go on and be live and be energetic. And I thought if I can't be live and energetic, mm. I don't want to go on there and be mad moody and tired. Yeah, so of I, just, course. I just kind of stopped doing them for a while. Mm. But now that my clinical days aren't Tuesdays anymore, I'm going to bring that back. Because okay. people loved it. And people would come on. And the whole point of Tuesday was ask me stuff that you're worried about. Ask me stuff that your dentist maybe has explained to you and you don't still kind of get. That was the purpose of it. And I'd just do it for half hour. And, um, it was really good, man. Like I'd engage so well with people. Everyone really liked it. So it's just about putting in the time again. And I, I need to reschedule my schedule yeah, to make yeah. it happen. Because I really enjoyed it. You're bringing it back to Facebook? I'll probably keep on Facebook still. Yeah, just because okay. again, so Insta has a very distinct um, kind of audience, right? Mm-hmm. And whenever I watch lives on Insta, they get debauched, bruv. They get rowdy. They get like, a, it's a mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas Facebook, because it's a slightly older kind it's of It's more engaging. Yeah, I just find it a better platform to do it. Mm-hmm. And also Insta, because it's on my phone. It's, it's mad small. And on Facebook, I get it up on my laptop. So it just seems like a better, it's, it's more kind of engaging for me to do it on Facebook. Yeah. And also the audience, I think, is better suited for the type of stuff 
You know what I mean? On Facebook, people go, hello, really love what you do. My dentist says I need a root canal. You know, can you explain further? On yeah. Insta, it's like, yo, fam, mum was veneers, blood. <laughs> and I'm like, James, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Man looking to go turkey, cuz, is that good, yeah? I'm like, bruv, no. <laughs> Joe, I, I don't really want to have those kind of convos. So, <laughs> Is our veneers actually like, a, is it a good thing or a bad thing to have veneers? How, da- how dangerous is it to have veneers? Okay, so veneers, yeah. Veneers can be done very minimally now so what a veneer is it's like a kind of layer of porcelain mm. or it could be composite now as well and it's placed on the front of the tooth yeah and that's it mm. you have to make a little bit of space for it sometimes sometimes you don't even need to drill the tooth to make space yeah. you can just put it straight on top because they can be made very thin so that's very minimal almost no drilling no injections no nothing no damage to the original tooth yes you've stuck something on there and that's going to be on there for a long time and it'll need replacing at some stage yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's it's quite a conservative procedure for the tooth mm. other times when you want to place a porcelain veneer you have to drill the tooth down a little bit but we're talking half a millimeter yeah, a yeah. millimeter mm-hmm. yeah tiny amounts what people are having done is not veneers they're having full coverage crowns placed on the teeth their teeth are getting drilled down mm-hmm. all the way 360 every single tooth you've seen the images they yeah, get yeah, turned yeah. into little stumps massive gaps between the teeth yeah. they get turned into stumps that freaks me out i can't and, yeah and yeah, then yeah, a yeah. whole piece of porcelain is stuck over each one now yeah, if yeah. you're going to fly abroad and have that done mm. having you know 10 crowns placed on all of your top 10 teeth yeah they're less likely to fall off so you're not going to be likely to have to fly back to whatever country you have it done in so for the clinic there Mm -hmm. that's a more longer term thing and they're not going to get beef because you're not going to come back there with problems but they've mullered your tooth in order for you to do that and when you're doing that in your early 20s how long are you planning on living let's say you live to 80 you're going to need to replace those at least another five times in your life four times at least and every time you're taking that off the shell of the tooth you've got left gone what are you going to do with that so drilling down teeth at such an early age and the culture we have now when everyone's going to Turkey and it's so much cheaper or other countries or the clinicians there are very good. Mm. The standards they have can be very good. Not all clinics, but same as the UK. Not all clinics here are good. Not all dentists here are good, but they're all at a level. So it's nothing against the clinics there or the dentists there. It's against the extensive treatment they're doing, which is unnecessary. Okay. Those are the issues I have because people go there thinking they're having veneers and they come back with full coverage crowns. But they pay a third of the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the price you're paying is with your enamel, mm. is with your teeth, is with your health. Because when that goes wrong, it goes wrong badly. And no UK dentist wants to absorb that. No UK dentist wants to take that on. You know, if you've had 20 crowns placed, chances are one of them is going to have an issue. And then you come to my doorstep, you're like, bro, fix this. I'm like, well... You've had all this done. Go back to the guy that did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He should take ownership for what he's done to your teeth. So get him to fix it. Has that happened to you? Have they come to you and be like, yo, like they messed up my teeth. Can you fix it? Um, touch wood in my career, no. Okay. But people message me all the time saying, mm. I've had this done. How do I fix it? And I'm like, go back to the dentist that did it for you and tell them you've ruined this. Can you fix it? Like, oh, I'll go, go back to Turkey. Like, well, yeah. That's a bit mad. Buy another plane ticket. It didn't stop you buying a plane ticket the first time. Yeah, yeah, so Just yeah. buy another one now that you've got problems. And g- be prepared. Just clock up frequent flyer miles. You might be going back there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
to be fair, they did pay for, like for the flight as well. They're like, oh yeah, it's cheaper, but you're paying you're paying for the flight, the flight, the stay, stay yeah, the food, and and then if you need to go back. But that's that's the <coughs> thing. So they're all okay to begin with. It's just the longevity, and you've got to think of health things as a as a long term thing. You're yeah. you're playing with your health, so. It's everybody's decision. You know, some people, for them, cost is a massive issue. Yeah, and yeah, yes, yeah. it is more expensive mm. in the UK, but it's because running clinics is more expensive mm. in the UK. Materials are more expensive in the UK. Mm. Insurances are more expensive in the UK. So all of these things, it's not that the dentist wants to make more profit on you. We have much higher costs. It's like anything. Mm. You know, if you want to build a house here, it's going to cost you more than if you go and build a house in Turkey or Spain, yeah, or somewhere yeah. else. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then do you want to live there or do you want to live here? So there's comparables with everything. And... um it's just a shame that people are doing it at such a young age because they're getting influenced by the TV shows and the Instagram yeah, culture yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the, the companies are targeting that audience. And If they really wanted to do it, at what age would you be like, I advise you maybe to take it at this age? It's really specific per patient. It's hard mm. to kind of say, right, at 18, you're good to go and do that because yeah. I've got patients that are in their 40s, mm. perfectly fantastic teeth, mm. never need to do anything. Do a bit of whitening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shape of the teeth is cool. They might be a little bit crowded. Okay, you can maybe straighten that with a short course of braces or aligners or you know Invisalign, what everybody knows. But there's other brands of aligners are available, so you can. Yeah, you, there's so many options now. It's not always let's just drill every tooth down and stick porcelain all over them. Mm-hmm. So always speak to your dentist, see what the best option is for you. It might be that you have teeth that have a specific issue that you need veneers, mm. in which case then that is your best option. So go for it. But do it in a safe way. Do it in a minimally invasive way. Do it in a way that's not going to destroy your tooth because everything in dentistry is going to need replacing at some stage. Nothing in dentistry is forever. Yeah, of course. Same way that nothing in your body is forever. If you need a knee replacement and you're 50, that knee replacement isn't going to last you till you're 80. Yeah, you need 10 years. Knee. 10 mm-hmm. years they'll give you. Yeah, yeah. You're going to need another knee replacement. You have a hip replacement. So you're, you're replacing tooth. So why do you expect your tooth or what you have done in your mouth to last you? It won't. And the mouth is a hostile environment, bruv. You're <laughs> eating two, three, four times a day. Sometimes nonsense. Mm. Sometimes healthy stuff like Granny Smith's. Yeah. <laughs> they are acidic though. They are very acidic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you're drinking stuff. Yeah. You're talking. Bugs are going in and out constantly. So mm. the mouth is not, you know, it's a hostile environment and your teeth live in that mouth. You've got bugs in the mouth. You're not, mm. If you don't clean them well, if you don't maintain your oral hygiene, you're not brushing, you're not flossing, you're not doing all the stuff you should be doing. See a dentist once a year. Have a hygiene cleaning once a year. Mm. You're not doing all this maintenance, then stuff collapses. What did you expect was going to happen? That's true. What made you so passionate about it? So I'm Iranian. Mm-hmm. I was born in Iran mm-hmm. and I came to UK when I was five. Okay. So being kind of Iranian background, parents will guide you yeah, yeah, yeah. into certain things. Mm-hmm. Doc, be a doctor, dentist, lawyer, engineer, you know, them kind of things there. <clears throat> so, Daddy, I want to be a sports star. No, you don't. You must be doctor. <laughs> kind of them conversations. Yeah, 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 them ones, yeah. So, <laughs> I was guided into that kind of thing. And to be fair, I was I was good at, you know, science. I was quite good with people. I was, I was an intelligent kid. So, when it came time to kind of make decisions, I always chose sciences and, mm. you know, I did work experience on the rest of it. And, I found dentistry was a really good way to bring all of my skill sets together. I was good at science. I was good with people. I was good with my hands. I wanted something that was a nine to five because medicine is a very long kind of life. Man, You've got so many hours on call in hospitals. It's a tough life and hats off to everybody that does it and thank you for doing it. But that wasn't for me. Mm. 
But the dentistry thing, nine to five, you work in an office-based type of thing, even though it's a surgery, you're seeing people all the time, you get to use your hands, you get to use your scientific knowledge. So I thought, boom, it's a great job. That was something I could do. So I did dentistry at dental school. And then it was during that period where obviously you start learning your craft, you start learning how important the mouth is. You start learning that what really does happen. People that don't go to the dentist, they're all kushti until something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. And they want to see a dentist now. Mm. And you're like, well, you haven't been for 25 years. So maybe if you had come, you'd kind of not be in this position now. But now that you are in this position, let's do our best to help you. Mm. But then that's a difficult process because they're in pain, they're unhappy, and then they're going to have to have a procedure done on them that they probably don't want to have done. So that's where a lot of dental anxiety continues. People don't want to go to the dentist because they think when they go there, it's going to be a painful, horrible experience. But majority of the time, it can be a painful, horrible experience because you you, you need something doing to a painful, horrible experience that you're having at home. You see what I mean? Whereas if you prevent the problems, if you just go for maintenance, you don't get the problems in the first place. Sometimes the best dentistry is no bent dentistry. So don't eat loads of sugary crap. Yeah. brush your teeth really really well <coughs> twice a day use a good toothpaste clean in between your teeth whether that's flossing or using little brushes or using a water flosser do that and see your dentist once a year that's it yeah, yeah. people take their cars for a service once a year because they don't want the car to clap down if you never did anything with your car but you just waited until the tires popped and you call AA every time then that's not the way to own a car you have to take it for an MOT you have to take it for service why don't you do that with your mouth mm. That's the way to kind good of good point. Yeah, it. yeah, it's a good way to put it. Tell me something that you realized as a dentist that shocked you the most that a lot of people don't know and they should know. That's a good question. Something that shocked me to know as a dentist. Yeah, if, whether you were when you were studying at dentistry and um, dental school or when like in your recent like at work, you're like, wow, I did not know that, and I think the whole world should know. Um, that's a good question. There's there's actually quite a few things. Mm. Um, so your mouth is like I said already a super important part of your body, and the way you got to think about your mouth mm. is that it's an organ like other organs in your body. So everyone knows what the heart does, everyone knows what your brain does, mm. your kidneys, your liver, your pancreas. All these other organs have vital roles in your existence. Yep. It's time to put that level of importance onto your mouth because so much stuff can come from your mouth. Mm -hmm. So we now know oral health is directly linked to heart disease, directly linked to diabetes. There's links to mental health. There's links to neuro neurological health. There's signs now that are showing that bad oral health can lead to you getting dementia. Damn. Grinding your teeth at night is so common. A lot of people do it. It can lead to so many issues. Migraines mm. can be purely because you're grinding your teeth at nighttime and people just pop pills their whole life, go for scans, but never sort out the teeth that could be causing it. There's now potential research and things showing that if you have a misaligned bite, it can lead to you having hip problems, back problems, which then causes you to not be able to walk and function correctly. They're now testing athletes to see if they correct their bite, can they perform better? And they're seeing their shaving milliseconds off their sprint times, their swimming times. Wow. There was a player for Leeds, I believe, who was 
had to almost retire because he had hip issues. And it was after he had his teeth done for his wedding. All these injuries started mad happening. So there's correlations from your mouth to the rest of your body. Mm. And people don't know that. And they don't put enough. They just think, oh, I'll just take a tooth out, it? If I've got a problem, I'll just lose a tooth. There's so many issues that can happen just losing one tooth, let alone a mouthful of teeth. Now, we're there to do our very best to stop that. We're there to help you if any issues arise. But you also have to take ownership of that yourself because a lot of it is preventable. So if you can make the little steps necessary to prevent the problems, you're always going to be in a better position to not have any of these issues. So, yeah, the mouth is super important. That is so mad. You wouldn't realize, would you, Specs? <laughs> I'm actually blown away. I heard as well, the way you breathe mm-hmm. has a big impact. They say you shouldn't breathe through your mouth. Mm-hmm. You should only breathe through your nose. Ideally, yes. Yeah. So a mouth yeah. breathing can lead to a lot of problems. Mm. Um, there's, again, research now showing that a lot of, so like snorers. Yeah. yeah snoring has massive issues and it can lead to massive issues. It's not just that, you know, obviously your sleeping partner, whoever that is, your wife, your missus, your whatever, is just going to get vexed. Mm. That's not the only issue with snoring. What happens with snoring is basically you're not, so sleep is a very interesting thing. Sleep comes in cycles, right? And then there's different periods within sleep. The part that you really want to get to is called REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. Mm. That's when you're really properly recharging your brain, your body, everything else. Cycles come in about three hourly. Um, it's different, different, but on average it's yep. three hours, right? So let's say if you sleep six hours, you'll hopefully get two good cycles. Sleep nine hours, you get three good cycles. When you snore, you don't actually enter into that REM sleep phase. You kind of hover above it. So you could be sleep for eight hours a night, snoring for six hours of that, and you'll wake up knackered because you haven't actually hit that REM sleep phase to recharge your body. Have you ever noticed if you have a nap, you sleep for like 20, 30 minutes, you wake up, you're still okay. Yeah. If you sleep like an hour, hour and a bit, you wake up and you're mad groggy. Mm-hmm. It takes you a while to kind of, you still don't know what's going on. And that's because when you nap for a little period, you don't actually enter the REM sleep. You're just kind of asleep. If you enter REM and you're suddenly woken up, your body's asleep. Your brain is asleep. So that's why you just feel terrible. So, when you sleep without entering REM, you don't really recharge. So people will wake up six, seven hours, knackered, fall asleep behind the wheel. It happened mm-hmm. with truck drivers a lot. Yeah. Sadly, they were having mad accidents and killing people because they weren't sleeping well. There's a thing called sleep apnea where you stop breathing completely at nighttime. Your brain is constantly active. You're not getting enough oxygen into your body. So all of these issues can be fixed mm. by your dentist. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Round it up. Speak to your dentist, folks. So yeah, if you're a snorer, don't just be, oh, I'm just a snorer. Go and chat to your dentist about it because that can lead to many problems later on in life. So if someone snores and the way to prevent it, dentist. Yeah, see the dentist because we can make you like a little, it's almost like some retainers that you wear at nighttime and it stops the snoring completely. So like no strips and stuff like that. Is that? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that can that people have done so hold your nostrils open a bit wider. But if you snore because your jaw falls back yeah. and it occludes the airway at the back, that's it. Mm-hmm. So if you can hold the jaw forward, you just won't snore. Now, there's things that can help with your breathing, yes, but the nose strip's cool. 
if you have a lot of weight you know losing weight can help around around obviously your neck if you have massive tonsils at the back they're all restricting the airway yes you might need your tonsils removed but all of those you can have a skinny person with no tonsils and no you know airway obstruction snoring like a trumpet because all that's happening is their jaw falls back yeah 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 and that's that's how they end up that's a nice shot for you right there i hope you got (laughs) so just pull the jaw forward have you ever noticed sometimes when you sleep on your back you snore worse and if you roll over to your side because gravity then pulls your jaw forward because you're on your side the Mm -hmm. snoring stops so what these appliances do is they just hold your jaw forward which clears the airway which allows you to breathe much better which then because you're no longer storing it snoring it allows your brain that ability to relax you're getting more oxygen in so you can hopefully enter that REM sleep phase and have a proper night's sleep and properly recharge Mm -hmm. so you're not waking up shattered even though you think you've been in bed for six seven hours interesting yeah i always try not to sleep on my back i always try and sleep on my side yeah 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 so going back to your garage music yes is that something when when did that happen during uni so uh so basically i think my first well i used to okay so growing up let's just take it even right back because it was all a transition right so going right back so i was born in iran and back then there was a there was a war with iraq going on yeah so tv we only really got like kind of limited things on national kind of iranian television but we used to have like a video man that would come around and bring like Western videos to you, right? So stuff from America. And it was only really one thing that I used to watch and that was Michael Jackson. Mm. Michael Jackson things. So thriller video. Or Was he really popular out there? I mean, probably he was a global was, yeah, So we're talking yeah. 1982, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime time. Yeah. Prime MJ, yeah. right? So I grew up watching MJ videos. Mm. So I would sing along, I would dance, I'd copy his moves. So that was the initial thing. Then we came to the UK and I started kind of discovering other things. I remember the first rap album I discovered was the Menace to Society soundtrack. Okay. It was the first time I'd heard F in a song. It blew my mind. Mm. I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, this guy is just cursing like nonstop. I played it to my dad. I was like, dad, dad, listen to this. He was like, what is this? And I was like, dad, this is like rap music. Yeah. Then I started listening to NWA. Then I started, I got Snoop Dogg's first album, wow. Doggy Style, on cassette. Yeah. And I just learned all the words and I would, I'd listen to it so much, I'd learn all the words. And I had the real ability to just absorb the words and wrap it back. It was just a natural ability. I, I could stay on time. I got the phrasing perfectly. So I'd, I'd kind of start rapping for friends and stuff. Then you start kind of writing your own like really inappropriate raps when you're young, right? Yeah. <laughs> and my dad's a producer, a record producer. So we always okay, had, sick. in Iran, he was quite big. And um, so we always had studio equipment in the house. So I'd start like making beats and watching my dad do it. I'll ask my dad, like, dad, how do I do this? And he kind of showed me how to program beats and what a kick is, what a snare is, what a hi-hat is, right? So I started learning how to kind of program stuff. Then my dad plays piano. So I kind of started learning how to play from watching him and listening and figuring out the notes and stuff. Mm. Started producing beats in my house and then just writing rap songs to them. Then it kind of started to, because then I started to get into like dance music, right? So then I started making dance tunes and actually writing songs. So a hook, a chorus, you learn how songs are arranged. So all this musical knowledge I'm absorbing, teaching myself, listening to music, absorbing everything. When I hear music, I don't listen to a song. When I hear music, I hear the kick drum, the snare, the hats, the percussion, the bass, 
the melody on top, the harmonies. I literally hear everything separately. And it's it's kind of hard sometimes to enjoy music because I just hear everything. Yeah. And I, I analyze everything differently. Mm. So I think all kind of producers, anybody that really takes music to that level hears it like that. You hear the effects, you hear about, you, you can hear the reverb, what they've done with it. You can hear the, the compression, you hear everything, mm. right? So I started doing all this. Then I got introduced to, at that time, Raga. Not, it wasn't even called Bashment back then, right? So, and my school, um, so I went to school in South London. And basically I had a lot of influences, Caribbean influences around me and stuff. So I started listening to that and I was like, right, I don't understand 90% of what this guy's talking about, but it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So then I used to <laughs> mimic what they were it. saying, right? And I could kind of mimic the words, but I had no idea what they were saying, mm. but I just kind of mimic it. So I started absorbing that. Then I started to learn the words and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. That's, that's so rude. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, mean, but I used to like it. And then jungle happened. <gasps> Right, so jungle now. I'm probably about eleven, twelve. The transition into yeah. like, the, like that, this is the journey. Big so influence, like, yeah. you know, so like, like ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jungle and jungle was basically really fast drum and bass with ragga over the top of it. That's kind of how it was back then, right? Yeah. If you listen to all like origin, like uh, kind of early jungle, that's basically how it was. Mad samples, ragga songs put on top, and that was it. And then I started listening to MCs like Det, Skibber. Stevie Hyper D, Shabba. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. These guys are unbelievable. Actually, I'll tell you what, look, backstory. But in the first year of secondary school, so I must have been 10 or 11, we had a talent show for all the first years in front of the whole school. Yeah. I performed in former. You went actually, in former. You know, so Devin is like, I go, hey, I look at one woman down. I'm like 11, my voice ain't even broke. In former. And I had a friend of mine do a beatbox. So we just did it rags, a cappella. He was just beatboxing. I was in farmer. Police said, I'm going to come in and blow down the door. I didn't even know what I was saying. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was saying. So, and then I was like, right, this is what I want to do. This is awesome. The reaction was so good. Yeah. So then I just started spitting to jungle at house parties. That was it. So people have a house party, people are playing jungle, and I just be, I just started chatting nonsense over the top, complete nonsense. Yeah, yeah. And I started getting more into it. And I was like, right, this is cool. And so started writing lyrics. Again, 90% of it, I didn't know what I was saying. But I was just copying mm. words that I'd heard of other people. So that started transitioning. I was too young to go to raves, though. So they started being under 18 raves. I started going to under 18 raves. And I was like, oh, my God, look at these guys up there, these MCs. This is what I want to do. <laughs> right? I know, <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then it started to get kind of a bit violent. Right. Mm. So now I'm starting to get maybe like 16, 17. Mm. So now I can maybe start going to big man raves because I had a mustache when I was like 12. Yeah. So, Middle Eastern background. Yeah. Yeah. So I start, I start dressing <laughs> in my dad's clothes. Right. So I'm like, start looking at like, big man. Right. And I'm like, all right. I can go big man raves. And then you start going big man raves and there's just bare crack and like just, <laughs> you know, what I mean? violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was like, raw. I'm gonna stand back. But I was going there for the music. I wasn't mm. going there for anything else. It was the music. The music I was so yeah. in love with Touched what you, was yeah. going on. Yeah. And I'd just be watching, I'd be learning, I'd be looking at the way they control the crowd. I'd be looking at what they've been doing. I was like, this is this is it. Mm. And then room two at all the big jungle rays was this weird music called House and Garage. Mm. And I was like, right, let me dip into there. And bruv, all the nice girls was in that room. Be a man in the other room. <laughs> All the nice girls in that room. So, oh, let me just go into this room real quick. You know what I'm saying? 
The transition was yeah. mad. He's like, yo. So I start going into this room. And in this room, there's one bear who's just chatting the whole night. He's a host. You yeah, might yeah. drop a little, put your hands in the air. That was it. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. picking up all the birthday girls and all this, that, and everyone's having a good time. I was like, hmm, maybe <laughs> this is the vibe. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna start going to these clubs, right? <laughs> and then I started taking all of the kind of jungle lyrics and all of that lyrics I had and kind of toning them down and turning them more into kind of like house and garagey lyrics. And then the MCs in house and garage started to become more kind of MC dropping bars. It still hadn't got to like the grimy part yet, right? Where people are rapping now. Yeah, it weren't that. It was the host. It was bubbly vibes. It was nice vibes. So I was like, okay, cool. I can do that. I could be the nice bubbly guy because I was always kind of bubbly anyway. And I could do like little sound effects and voices and stuff like that. So I started kind of dabbling with that. And then you start meeting people and they're again having house parties and now people are playing more garage. And we're talking kind of then the speed garage era. Then it started to become two step. And then with two step garage, more MCs were kind of starting to chat. There was more kind of bassline tunes coming out as opposed to just vocals all over the song. Mm. Yeah. And it was around when I was 17, um, I linked up with like a local kind of DJ at the time and he'd got a set on Delight FM. Delight FM in South London was the station. It was started by So Solid. Yeah. Oh yeah, So Solid Crew. Yeah. So Solid Crew. So it was their kind of station. South is the number one station in South. There was another station as well, mm. but... We, we, Delight was the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He managed to get a set on Delight, and I was always his like MC. Right? Yeah. Every DJ had an MC, and so I never forget. He was on there for a little while first, and then I, he just said, "Bruv, come, they're ready for me to have an MC now." So I went, and I never forget that first set. I kind of walked in, and like, you know, back in it, this is Pirate Radio, right? Mm. It was in like an estate in Battersea somewhere, and it, there was so many men in the studio, you know. And as a 17-year-old, it's an intimidating environment to walk into. Everyone's in the studio. You know, the vibe is a bit, and they're all staring at you. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I look the way I look. My guy looks the way he looks. And we're bopping in like, hi. Like two little kids, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we just started vibing. Like we've done in house parties all them years. Like we've done in all of that. And, bro, we bust it up. It was so good. Did you turn up the place yet? Yeah, man. Everyone who was staring at you were Bear wee loves. Yeah, Whoa. and we were like, "Raw, this is so good. This is this is this is it now." And so we just started doing sets. We, my, my guy managed to get a regular set. I became his MC, mm. and we just started doing bits. And then Delight started having raves. We were doing raves at this time. I was getting bookings anyway, so I was MCing in kind of clubs. I had friends that promoted, so they'd put me on with big name people. And then I produced a song. So at this time, I was at uni now, and my uni was in East London. So I had all my South London stuff going on. And then I was in Union East and I started to meet people in East. And then I made a tune with another MC at the time, um, MC Checkers. And the tune was called The Vibe. We sold about five, 6,000 copies. And back then, but making a tune is not like it is now. Where course, any, yeah. anyone in a home can have a six set up on a lappy. You used to have to go studio, pay 10, 20 pound an hour, make your tune in the studio, then take it on a DAT, take it to a record facility. They would cut a test press. You'd listen to it on vinyl cool take it to another place pay bare money get 500 vinyls made with a white label yeah so you'd basically make your tunes go to every record shop try and sell it and then that's how you brought songs out so back in the day it was it was exciting it was also hard work but that's that's how we did the music thing and so because i'd i'd done that and i was getting bookings and then we started doing live pas of the song so i was just i was out and about doing music at the same time doing my dental school stuff mm. 
So I'd be in dental school in the day and the night times go on radio or in the weekends I'd be doing my bookings and then going back on, you know, do, doing dental school. So music was always hand in hand with dentistry my whole life. And obviously going to Napa was a lot of fun. We got to experience what that was like. Then, yeah, the, the music started to get a bit, the, the crew thing started happening, right? So there was So Solid Crew, there was Heartless Crew, there was a Genius Crew. This is even before like Pay As You Go which was the first crew that Wiley kind of put together just before Roll Deep and all the rest of it. So before grime was a thing, the song started, the, the music started getting grimier. And it was kind of so solid, I think, that really brought that in. So they had a record called Dilemma, mm. which was basically just a dirty bass line and every MC would just go ham over the top of it. Um, and they were kind of rapping as opposed to, because before the garage MCs, the lyrics were all kind of bubbly and, you know, everyone have a good time and ladies' hands in the air and, you know, guys do this and that. And it was all nice and, you know, rock with the bass, smile on your face, everybody in the place, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah. And so it started like coming with lyrics about life and, you know, it was it was violent kind of lyrics. But, but you know, it was it was rap. It was UK rap music, but on a fast beat. That's basically how it was. And so other people started doing it and then, yeah, that kind of transcended into the raves a little bit, right? So then it, it started, I started to kind of pull away a little bit from that and just say, because I was never that kind of violent MC or I was never telling them kind of stories. So for me, it, it it was the birth of grime and it was grime that I started to kind of step away from it. And then grime started to really proliferate in East London, right? You start getting all these sick MCs coming out. And then that's when I started to enjoy the music, but from further away. Mm. And dentistry kind of took over and... Then I started to kind of produce like rap because at that point, then I'm listening to like Eminem was the the guy, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But I always liked his fun stuff. He had his mad deep stuff, but the fun stuff, so the detail of stuff, all the stuff mm. where he's just busting bare jokes. His lyrics were so genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started kind of making that type of stuff, and I liked a lot of what Missy Elliott was doing, a lot of what Buster was doing, a lot of what Ludacris was doing. You know, they all had humor in their in their bars and their performances. So that's the type of songs I started to make then, and that's the way I transitioned into that element of stuff. But it was really hard. UK rap was a hard thing to do back then. Mm. So, yeah, I had a little record deal before that with a, a label. So they sent us to Napa. We supported um, Pay As You Go at the time. So Pay As You Go was Wiley and Maxwell D yeah, and yeah, Major yeah. Ace. Major Ace, I think it was in it. Yeah, and they had a record called Champagne Dance. And that was the song they were pushing. And we were kind of supporting them at Napa doing gigs and bits and that was a lot of fun so you saw potential with that record label though like yeah. it could have it could have gone far yeah yeah but, definitely. but, but your, your but your dad knew about this yeah and he was like stay away from it do, R- why do, why do dentistry. But, but he's a music producer himself music is such a difficult way of life because yeah. it could be very unstable there's so many talented people out there that never make it there's a lot of people that make it because they were at the right place at the right time mm. there's a lot of luck involved with making it my dad always said look it takes luck to make it well, actually, his phrase was, it takes luck to get there. It takes talent to stay there. Mm. So when you look at So people, you're trying to say that you didn't have talent, basically. Like, you, yeah, you got lucky that you went there. But, no, but that's the thing. For him, the, the lucky break hadn't kind of happened, mm. you know? And people don't necessarily see the talent side first. You could just do a tune. And that's why there's so many one-hit wonders, right? Yeah, yeah. And then facts. they just disappear. Because they've done something quirky. They've done something cool. They've had the luck of the, the you know, the break. And then they just disappear. The ones that you've seen have had 40, 50 year music careers that, you know, they're in their fourth decade, fifth decade. That's because they're just mad talented musicians, brother, you know? So it's a tough one. 
And he wanted me to have something more stable, more, you know, predictable. And dentistry obviously provides you with that. And I've done the hard work. I got into dental school. I was doing well in dental school. He was like, listen, he knew. He was like, listen, get your degree. Once you've done your degree, you do what you want to do. Because then if the music thing doesn't happen, you can still be a dentist. You can go back to it. Yeah. So Backup plan. That was the one. And so I got my degree, but music was always still a part of me. And then, you know, did the whole DJing thing. I used to DJ in like clubs in London. Yeah, I got a couple yeah. of resident gigs and, you know, I, I was just music. And anything that was musical, I would do. I love music. It's a massive part of, part of everything I am. But and now it's become, yeah, like a, like a big now thing in I your life. I spit about teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but are we going to expect any EPs or any tracks? <laughs> like what? Are you, are you still writing secretly? Are you yeah, yeah. still, still? So, um, yes, definitely. It, but, you know, I don't want to sound like every other person. Yeah, man, I've got, I got stuff coming. I've got stuff coming. Because everyone's got something coming, right? Always, at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. everyone's always, when you're with the music thing, you've always got something you're doing. You're always working on something. Mm. But, yeah, there's always there was always stuff happening. The thing with the singing dentist thing, right? It's who's gonna buy an original record where I'm talking about teeth? I just don't see that. Like I can't I can't even picture how I'm gonna do it. The reason people like the parodies is because they know the original tune. I've twist up the lyrics in a clever way to talk about dentistry, but it still sounds like the original tune. Yeah. So you kind of digest it in a way that it's a parody, mm. right? And that's the genius of writing an amazing parody. Like Munya, the king of writing yeah, parodies yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? and the way he does it so quick he's sick yeah. but you listen to him it's like you're listening to the original song and often his lyrics are better than the original tune yeah so that's what i try and do with every parody i do but for me it's limited i can't write a parody about every i'm the singing dentist i'm not a comedian yeah i don't have full scope to write songs about anything i keep it about dentistry so and you can't batter that you can't do that every week everyone be like, oh come on bro yeah, allow, yeah, allow, yeah. Allow. How many times you tell me to brush my teeth now? Safe, you know. So I have to pick and choose, and I kind of do it as and when I feel like, oh, this will be a good one to do. So recently, I've been doing a lot of drill, drill records, right? Because mm. just, just because I also want to target certain demographics. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I want the kind of youth to, you know, brush and look after their teeth. And obviously, they're all listening to drill. So I just pick and choose a big drill. So when a big one comes out, I'm like, all right, let's let's do that one. And then then it's all about getting it in front of them people. So pages like wall of comedy pages like i'm just bait pages like sbtv mm. grm if they post what i've done then it will hit that demographic yeah which is great mm. but then i'm not going to be i'm not going to bring out an original drill tune like you know who them two the two guys uh the old the old boys they rap like that oh um pm buzz yeah bad yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, man, i like them guys yeah <laughs> i like them guys but see they can kind of bring out an original tune yeah because it started off kind of like a joke but now they're bringing out tunes mm. yeah there was a builder that did a drill tune recently build a drill or something i think i know you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. so like look i could come out with a, a dental drill song drill rapper drill dentist you know mm. shut your mouth go brush your mouth i could do all that and do it but it's just who's gonna buy that i'm, I'm oh, you a 40 year old man yeah there is to, um i just i just don't think it'll work there was a YouTuber, his name was Pink Guy. He used to do like crazy stuff in America, stupid pranks in America. Mm-hmm. And he made a parody album with Pink, like from, from his self-titled name, was his name, well, for his name, Pink mm-hmm. Guy. But then a few years down the line, he made actual real music mm-hmm. and his stage name is Joji. And people couldn't tell the difference. They're like, there's no way that's, that's Pink Guy. Mm-hmm. 
So he he's actually now like a hit artist in the US, making really good emotional songs, happy songs, and dance tunes. And I was thinking, are you gonna go through that route of just making music outside of dentistry, of actually just writing lyrics about something else that's away from? Yes. Th- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. We, we've got the artist name done. It's unlocked. Oh it's wait, you so yeah, you, yeah. wait. So you're you're featured in something. So that's not has, hasn't been released yet. I got something yeah. coming. <laughs> I got something coming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's gonna be more because you also look. You know, twenty years ago, yeah. I would have loved to be the guy up front on stage, running up and down, shirt off. You know, da da da, mic in my hand. Yeah, I kind of don't have those desires as much now because there's so many amazing young guys doing it. And if I did it twenty years ago, cool. Now I like to watch those guys. But what I'd love to do is do the production mm. for those guys yeah um do a remix for those guys send me the stems and let me do something kind of dance music is more where i can see what i do because it's still going back to the club music mm. right and house is kind of the vibe now and there's different genres within house even but that's kind of what i like to play now listen to that's what i like to produce bangers yeah a tune that you put on and it just gives you better energy i don't do the kind of deep really minimal tech house where mm-hmm. you know the, the tune sounds the same for eight and a half minutes that that's i'll make a three minute tune with bass and then it'll be sick and you go yeah boom 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 and i'll be it <laughs> so that's the kind of entity i think i'm gonna be there that's the stuff i'm working on now and that's the stuff i enjoy making so and for that you, you can be faceless you know mm. you don't have but I, because i can dj because i can put on a show because i can still mic you know what i mean i could i can still hype my own set I can still be a mic man on my own thing. I could drop some bars if needs be. I could do some bars on my own tunes. And the way you just EQ the vocals, it won't even sound like me. Mm. You just need a hook. No one yep. cares sometimes who does the hook. People are nameless. You know what I mean? They're just It's just a hook that you remember. Other times it's featuring an artist. They can do the hook. They can spit all over the tune. I don't really mind. I just want to make good music that makes people happy and puts them in a positive vibe, gets them ready to go out. You know, they hear it when they're out. Mm. That's the kind of music I want to make. Okay. So, yeah, the artist is, is the, the entity's ready, the branding's done, everything's there, the music, I've got about four or five tunes done. Really? Ready. And what yeah. are we expecting release? But that's the thing, you got, I think everything needs to make sense. It's, mm. There's no point just putting something out there. Some of it, I'm going to just put out there. There needs to be a builder. Yeah, yeah. you've got to do it right. Yeah. And, and that careful transition, because here's the other thing, when you, you know, every social media person wants to be a musician, mm. or, and I just don't want to be that guy, I respect music too much to do mm. a throwaway thing that, you know, it's just trying to leverage the fact that I've got a social media following. Currently, currently now, who is your biggest inspiration today? As an, like, any artist today that you look at and think, wow, like, that is different. I mean... Or who you've been listening listening to a lot recently? Um, That's a tough one. I don't... You know what? What has happened? I think because of streaming, yeah it's turned into music has become different back in the day when you physically have to go to a shop mm-hmm. and spend like 12 pounds on a physical album you then bring that home and you would batter that album mm. every day learn every song even the cack ones you'd still listen to them yeah that was me with eminem yeah yeah right <laughs> now because of streaming i might just put into spotify mm. one tune that i like and it just carries on playing other stuff that sounds like it. I don't even know what I'm listening to. 
Mm. So for me, music digesting has become a different type of experience now. Yeah. So if you were to tell me what is the one artist, sometimes I don't even know who the artist is, bro. I have to open up and read the name. Yeah. And I go, yeah. oh, you know, you go to Spotify, go to radio, and it just plays you other tunes that sound like that. Mm. Or like someone, you're listening to someone else's curated playlist. Oh, these tunes are nice. But then you digest them and you disappear, you forget about them. I don't then go and buy that song because I really like it. I'll just stream it again tomorrow if I want to. So I still listen to a lot of old tunes, bruv. I still listen to classic tunes because they gave me an emotion that I felt and I want to feel that emotion again now. Mm. So I can't even tell you one person that I'm really into. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, a lot of the new stuff, I think it just happens too quick. Like, like Drake's new album. Didn't like it. <laughs> Prefer Kanye? I mean, <laughs> college dropout, Kanye. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I have that CD, mm. so I don't know if it's the way I digested it or what, or like, or if Kanye's kind of gone a bit mad now. I don't know what what situation is. I like the way he's pushing boundaries and doing different things, but, bruv, you can't tell me college dropout isn't every tune. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. tune is just bad. Mm. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's just the way that I don't know. I don't know what it is about the way music was done or how it's being done now. I listen to more UK stuff now because we have so many amazing artists. I still bang out Grime. Bruv. Grime, P Money, Skepta, all of the what? Who's the, oh, there's so many sick. Too sick many. Artists, bruv. That's what I mean. And, so And it's yeah. still going to live on. Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah. because also there's an emotion attached to that. Mm. Nothing, for example, in them albums, like Drake's new one, none of them have an emotion for me. The mm. only one was way too sexy. Yeah, yeah, that was and, I was, and I, But that was because I was like, why is this prayer sampled right said Fred? Because that original, <laughs> I'm too sexy it's for my yeah. shirt. Too sexy. <laughs> I was like, what on earth has happened? <laughs> Where that rhythm is getting reworked and they're, they're, they're all over the top of that. I was like, oh my God. I just couldn't believe it. But the tune was, Bangs, the, was yeah. probably the biggest record off that album, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, but... I don't know, man. It's, it's it's music's just it's just different now, mm. and I, I don't I don't think it's bad the yeah. way that we digest music now, but it's a different experience. Yeah. Outside of work, uh, outside of music, and being busy every day, um, what is it that you do? How do you keep your life going? What is like what's your day to day hobby? Yeah. So kids, obviously, I've got two little ones, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, a lot kind of rolls around them obviously i like i like to take them to school every day and then i'll go either go to the clinic or i'll go to the gym or i'll go head back home and hit up the studio and work on beats um meetings there's loads going on um, yeah. i've got a great management team good working on good. a lot of stuff mm. um more content coming and yeah, yeah 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 i think to be fair actually the, the content has been the thing that's probably suffered the most because so much other stuff and i always say that really there's there's two distinct worlds for me there's digital world mm. and there's real world right real world meaning like <laughs> tv side of things like uh physical yeah yeah, you know yeah. What i mean and when a lot of physical stuff starts happening or taking over and i need to put a lot of time into real world stuff the digital world stuff does suffer for me because i'm a one-man band yeah right in terms of content creation i don't have a video guy i don't have someone that sits down and thinks of content with me i don't have an editing guy i literally feel myself on my phone and i edit it myself mm. that's pretty much all of my content so it's when i've got stuff going on with my dental practice when i've got stuff going on with you know the businesses i own um there's other dentistry things going on 
they take up so much creative or, or the music stuff I'm doing or whatever it is, they take a lot of the energy and the time. So then setting a day to then create content kind of feels a little bit forced for me to create the content. Back in the day, I would do the content on the cuff. Yeah, and I'd be like, right, that would be sick. Let's just record that quickly. And because it was so quick and raw, I think it did really well. Mm. It's it's taken a little bit. I don't want to say it's taken the fun away from me, but it's taken. It's made it more of a job yeah, as opposed to kind of what it used to be before. And I've got so many jobs. Having yet another job is, is hard. Mm. But I still, when I am doing it then, I get lost in it and I love it. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. all the reasons why I loved it. Yeah, So it's just about managing time. Have you thought about doing more maybe? Maybe like getting into like, have you been offered like a role into acting? I don't know what the, what the business is behind it, but ever like even performing, staying out of character as singer dancers, maybe putting yourself into another character's shoes. Have you ever thought about maybe getting into TV or film? Yeah, so I've, I've been in a film. I, I did my first acting thing mm. in a movie called On the Other Foot. Okay. It's a British movie and it's about a racist white guy that wakes up black and... There's a lot of recognizable faces in it. It's made. It was made during lockdown. Um, I went to the screening of it. It was good, man. They yeah. done really well. It's a sick film. Yeah, good. and um, check it out. My scene. Uh, guess what? I play a dentist. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, the racist white guy mm. comes to the dental clinic, and um, he normally has a a white dentist, but today he has me, Doctor Ali. Yeah, and he's unhappy. So that was it. But my scene. Got the biggest laugh in the cinema. I don't know really. Yeah, that's all you need. So, but to be yeah. fair, I really enjoyed that process, and so I've been kind of looking at other opportunities and acting things. And there might be something coming up soon as well. It's a movie called Tales from the Trap. Oh. Hopefully, I won't play a dentist in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I do want to, but that's hard as well, right? Because I am a dentist and I'm Mr. Professional and I'm Doctor Milad Chadru. Yeah. But <laughs> at the same time, there has to be like a Milad Chadru that can. So I don't curse. Yeah, because I've got that professional thing. I never swear. But when you want to be an actor, you can't just then say, right, I'm not going to do this, 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 this. You're acting. You're a different person. So <clears throat> I just have to kind of negotiate this landscape different, you know, carefully to make sure that people can separate mm. because I don't want them to suddenly go, hold on, isn't that that nice dentist guy who tells my children to brush his teeth? Why is he now saying X, Y, Z? And, but it's the same, bruv. The Rock, he was Maui. In Moana, yeah, like yeah, at the yeah. same time, he's chopping people's heads off and you know saying next things, but they can it's okay because he's an actor, yeah, 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 yeah. But with me now, it's just going to take a careful transition because I really enjoy acting, definitely want to do more of it. Mm. I have written the sickest sitcom slash comedy thing, yeah. I'm just sitting on it because I really want to make oh, it. Oh, you've actually like written a series, yeah, it's, it's like an eight part, it's so sick. It's completely like done, done re- ready to film. Yeah, I wrote it with a friend of mine who's based in LA. So we used to have like Zoom writing sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got all the character synopsis, got all the story that happens in every single one. It's quite a kind of musical based thing. Mm. I've already spoken to people about being in it because I've cast every single person. Mm, good. Everyone's on it. Good, good. It's just funding, bro. You need money yeah. to make something happen. You need money to shoot a pilot. Then you need to use that pilot to get more money. We could sh- shoot like a little... Like, tease or sting or whatever it's called you know what i mean and then yeah, try yeah. and get but i want to do it right and i want to take control of it because trust me if this was made it'd be so sick so is that actually in the process of it, it's at that stage life, now yeah. where we just need just to someone, find someone to believe in it and back it 
And so there is a new potential opportunity with some crypto stuff that's happening to fund like film projects. Okay. And stuff. Oh, okay. So there's actually a new coin that's called Filmcoin. It's yeah. coming out. Yeah, that's specifically to fund Filmcoin. Yeah, bro. That's the one to invest in. Check here. out. Yeah, check yeah, out. yeah. Genuinely, yeah. It's a thing. I'm big into crypto as well. So check out Filmcoin because yeah. they're basically minting it. In all, it's launching, I think, and uh, towards the end of Feb mm. to basically provide funding for independent filmmakers to continue doing their craft. So it's a very interesting wow. concept. And the first film they're making is Tales from the Trap, purely funded by crypto. Interesting and NFTs, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Cool. But yeah, there, there's opportunities, man, and I'd like to do more. So anyone out there that wants a, a sort of Middle Eastern big-nosed bald dude in your movies, <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> I can play a villain. See now, Omi Jalili has become obsolete. Now it's time for him. Bruh, so <laughs> Omi, Omi Jalili, yeah, he's a really good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could possibly be playing my dad in that sitcom. I told no. you. No, yeah, we've had a chat. He's like the he's the greatest. The greatest. And you know what's jokes? He looks more like my dad than my dad. Yeah, then my <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, no, we we've had oh a chat. We've had a chat. And, he's um, the greatest. He's, 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 oh, yeah, he's incredible. A he's a goat, bruv. So if, that's what I'm saying. If this project comes to life, yeah, yeah, he'll, yeah, be, yeah. he'll be sick. He'll be sick. Sick. Just gonna quickly wrap up. Uh oh, last question. You, yes. Plan in five, ten years time, where do you see what's the next steps in life? Create more content. What is it that you yeah. want to do? <clears throat> Create more content. Explore the acting stuff. Definitely get this music thing. Cool. I've got stuff coming, guys. Definitely <laughs> get the music thing <laughs> off the ground um, because it's all the stuff I love. Within dentistry, definitely more kind of TV stuff with mm-hmm. dentistry. You know, mm-hmm. I really want to push the boundaries of dentistry and show people, look, dentists aren't stuffy old people that just want to hurt you. You know, we're a young, dynamic group of people. We have talents. Facts. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot that can be done on TV because dentists don't really get a lot of TV time. Bear doctors, you could name bear famous doctors, celebrity doctors. Who's a celebrity dentist? Can't name you any, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, other than me, thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I can't name anybody else apart from you. Apart from me, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so yeah, this is what I'm saying, and and there is there is that positioning that should then open the doors for dentistry to be more talked about and take it more seriously so there's stuff i want to do definitely within that and you know my, my management and everybody we have visions and goals for that so yeah this next year will be an interesting year man i just realized you might actually be the first ever like famous uk dentist have you realized like i know take that a, in it's a mad one yeah i know it is it's mad. <laughs> he's gonna be it's driving mad. over damn man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you know that's the thing. I don't. I kind of don't want to think about those things there because there's still so much that can be done, and and you know it's a, it's a long journey, bruv. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm excited. I look forward to the journey. Amazing. I like the unknowns. I like to see where things take me. But yeah, there's definitely lots of plans and lots of lots of stuff coming, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having Bro, me, bro. I appreciate it. it. Means a lot. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you, Specs. Big Thank up you specs. so much. Big up Specs. Yeah. Big up. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Legend.